You're listening to audio from Northway Church. For more information about Northway and additional resources, please visit northwaychurch.com. Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, We are the Castles. I am Kenzie, Ryan, Heaven, Liam, and Luke. We also have a one-year-old. He's over there. Cannot be trusted up here. Um, We are... So happy to serve the church. We, we do next gen and we serve in the premarital counseling. Um, today's reading is in Luke chapter two. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one around you that you can um, use. If you already have a Bible, please open up to Luke chapter two. All right, starting in verse eight. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to the Lord, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord, And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Well, thank you, wonderful Castle family, uh, for reading our scripture uh, this afternoon. Hello, friends. Merry Christmas. Um, We are uh, thrilled to have you. We know on a day... Like Christmas Eve, we not only have uh, a number of our members here, but also neighbors and family and friends. And I uh, just want to convey on behalf of all of uh, leadership, how grateful we are to have you uh, with us this afternoon. We've been in a series, if you've happened to miss it, and that series has been uh, Jesus through the eyes of principal characters that you find in the incarnation story. So we've talked about a number of, of folks and we end today with the perspective of the shepherds. And uh, man, this is such an interesting story. It's already been read for us because I think what we find is that the shepherds are on a spiritual journey. And it might be fun for us to kind of look back and go, oh, that's cute, how antiquated that they were so simple that they went on this spiritual journey. But I am convinced more than I ever have been that all of us, even today, are on some kind of spiritual quest ourselves. And so I think what we see in this passage is that the shepherds experienced three things. One, an unexpected comfort. Secondly, a deepened spiritual curiosity. 
And then lastly, a satisfied heart. And I think if we can drill into this story enough, we'll be able to answer the question for ourselves, hopefully, in our spiritual quest, have we found unexpected comfort? Have we deepened the curiosity of our faith? And have we developed a satisfied heart? And so let's briefly look into this story. Uh, the shepherds, Luke tells us in verse eight, are in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. What is a shepherd? Much has been written about shepherds. Some people go really negative with their commentary, like they were these despised, vulturous, like third-class citizens uh, who everybody couldn't stand, almost like leopards. That's actually crazy, not true, uh, if anybody's ever told you that. There's nothing in history that leads us to believe that they were despised and seen as negative, abjectly negative people. But what they were, were very common, ordinary people. Just very, very common, ordinary, and uh, maybe to use a better word, unimportant people in the grand schemes of the marketplace. And so I talk about an unexpected comfort. Why did the shepherds experience an unexpected comfort? Well, it's because they weren't expecting anything at all. You see, uh, they were, again, largely unimportant people. And so when this bright angel appears, which is, I think we would all have to agree, the definition of important appears to them, they are filled with great fear. Verse nine, as we would have been ourselves. Um, what is this comfort that the angels bring? Well, they say, first of all, don't fear what I have for you. Good news of great joy for all people. Today in the city of David, a savior, Christ the Lord is born. The angel says this to them. And then I have to believe that the sky lights up like the Vegas strip with the sphere. Have you seen the sphere? I have to picture that too in there. And uh, the sky lights up in a way they had never seen before. And the angels say, glory to God and peace, peace amongst all who is pleased. So I think our immediate takeaway here is that we have to see that the angels show up to the most common people and tell them, you don't have to have anxiety anymore. Let me modernize the language a little bit. You don't have to have anxiety anymore. I have an announcement. Your rescuer from oppression, the one who you have hoped for, the benevolent king who you've been longing for has been born. And here is a sign to you. You will find a swaddled baby in a manger. And what this will mean for you is peace. Again, shepherds, we've already talked about this, often unseen and forgotten people think, if you will, with no disrespect whatsoever to people who may work in the service, uh, the service industry. People who, as we go about our busy days, are often forgotten doing the work of infrastructure, building, cleaning, just making things happen that we in our important lives move about and don't give much thought to most of us if we really think about it. These are folks who were resolved that they'll probably never have season tickets in the lower bowl of AT&T Stadium. Cowboy Stadium, that's most of us for what it's worth. It's extraordinarily expensive. Uh, they certainly haven't pre-ordered the next Tesla truck uh, if you named the hot Dallas restaurant, they probably wouldn't say, yeah, I have a reservation there Thursday. Um, no, these are people who figured out a long time ago that the world didn't orbit around them, 
These are people who are grateful at the end of the day to have a warm meal and a place to lay their heads. But you see, what's interesting is Mary already tipped us off in her Magnificat. We talked about this last week, that these are the exact kind of people who God would come to, because why? Because it's the humble and the hungry who would hear this message. It's the humble and the hungry who who would hear. So of course it makes sense that when God does the biggest thing ever, the biggest thing ever, this is his primary audience. I said at the beginning, I think we're all on a spiritual quest. And I've never been more convinced of that. Part of the reason I'm convinced is I looked at the Amazon list of bestseller books uh, in preparation for this sermon. And um, man, I'm, I'm telling you, I still think in every direction, we're still looking to hear some kind of hope of unexpected comfort, good news of great joy for all people. Because when I read the most popular books that we're buying uh, by the hundreds of thousands on Amazon, they sounded like books that spoke to better news, a better version of our life, a better story, a better world that we could form or create. I saw books about Uh, freedom from anxiety, hope for a new day. And I think these are just repackaged ways to say a savior, a Messiah, and a Lord, a rescuer from oppression, the one we have hoped for, the benevolent king who will rule us wisely. I think we're all still looking for that if we're honest. And so when we hear this hope of unexpected comfort, how does that land on us? Because Christianity has always said this, Christianity is grace received, not grace achieved. It's coming to God as we are, not as we hope to be. It's admitting that he is the king that we need, that his lordship is better than our lordship of our lives. Admitting that before God, there's actually nothing to earn, there's nothing to prove, and there's nothing to hide. Why? Because we're loved by God. So that's just great news to receive. That's the scandal of the cross, is that proud people can't humble themselves enough to hear a message that God has already done everything on their behalf. That's what the angels are announcing. And that leads a humility, that leads to a humility that should lead to a peace. So what do you make of this unexpected comfort that the angels announce? Have you found it? because I'm convinced you're looking for it. Have you found it? And more importantly, have you found it in Jesus? I said that the shepherds were met with an unexpected comfort, but what we also see in them starting in verse 15 is a curious faith because you see the shepherds, they move onward. There's something that piques their attention. We see this in verse 15, the angels exit and the shepherds say, let's go see what all this is about. And so verse 16, they make haste. And in Bethlehem, they find Mary and Joseph and a baby in a manger. In verse 17, they tell everybody about what they had heard. In verse 18, everybody wonders because this is astounding news. And in verse 19, Mary The mother of God treasures and ponders this news in her heart. And here's what's interesting about all of this, this story. There's no Bible. There's no pastor. 
There's, there's nobody explaining to them what all of this meant. They just were experiencing it real time. What did they find? Well, first of all, in the place where Mary and Joseph stayed, they found what would account to a uh, one-star Airbnb with a rating that sounded like nice owner, but must sleep with animals. And I said this last week, and maybe it bears repeating that God chooses to not go the Travis and Taylor way. And if you know what I mean, you know, he didn't say who's the most popular power couple in the world that I can leverage their brand. It wasn't, hey, let's go to the presidential suite at the Ritz because I'm about to do something and Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are going to be there. And then, then this is just going to go viral in every direction on Insta Live. That's not what he does. In fact, the most significant thing that God had ever done in history at this point is in an, um, in, is, it's in an, in an obscure town with a bunch of nobodies who had to be thinking, why would God do it this way? Why me? Why am I included? And the answer is that it's good news of great joy for all people. They were included because they were loved by God, even if they didn't know. And you are included because you are loved by God. That the most powerful force in the universe is the love of God. And you are loved by God. You are cherished by God. You are created in God's image. You are loved by God. And if that weirds you out, if you've put up every barrier under the sun to not let that penetrate your heart, then let me say it louder and as poignantly as I can. You are loved by God. And that there is nothing that you have ever done or could do that would change the affection of God, your creator for you, his creation. And so the first thing they experience is that they are included because they're loved by God. The second thing they're included because God's plan of redemption is already taking off 700 years prior. You can read it in the book of Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah will talk about in a, uh, in a, in a, in a, um, gut-wrenching prophecy that, that Israel and all of us by extension are broken people. And he says, we are like sheep who have gone astray, like wandering sheep that don't listen to the shepherd. And yet there is one, and again, none of them understood this like we do, but there is one who would bear it coming, who would bear the grief, carry the sorrows, and be pierced for us because we are loved. And the humble and the hungry will experience that love. Two quick things to note about the shepherd's faith. Number one, they are curious enough to make haste. If you don't know what that, that word means, make haste, it means they hurried up. They were in a hurry. They got there quick. They were curious enough to make haste. Are we curious enough to make haste? Are we open to the possibility that God is different than we think he is? Are we open to our ideas being challenged? Are we open to exploring things that don't jive with what we're most comfortable with. 
you know that like matters of spirituality are still the most important conversation in human history and the most important conversation even today in the world, even if our Western modern sensibilities tell us to suppress questions of our relationship with God. And so the shepherds were curious enough to make haste and move towards answers, to be on a spiritual journey, if you will. And then secondly, they were curious enough to look outside of themselves. Do you know that we are the first generation in human history, the first generation in human history that believes that, that truth is fluid. That means that truth can change and that ultimate truth is inside of us as opposed to what everybody else has always believed. And that is that truth is fixed and truth is outside of us. We are the first people to believe that everything we need is inside of us. And so the shepherds reject the notion that all the wisdom that they need is contained within their hearts. And if they had everything they thought they needed, they would not have gone to Bethlehem. Thank God they did. Thank God they did. And again, I don't want us to confuse them as people of simple faith because all of us are all in on something. If you are an atheist, you are all in on the belief, you are all in in faith that man has reasoned that God does not exist. If you are all in on agnosticism, then you are all in, you have made a faith claim that matters of spirituality are not the most important thing. If you are all in on religion, pure religion, then you believe that a glorious God can somehow bend towards you by you being a good person and that you can work your way out of his debt by your good works. But if you are a Christian, you are all in on the notion, the belief that Christ has become everything for you that God ever demanded of you that he lived the life that you were supposed to live, that he died the death that you were supposed to die. But all of us are all in on something. And these shepherds were curious enough to look out of, outside themselves. And so my prayer for us is that our spiritual curiosity would find us returning to Bethlehem. The last thing I talked about was that the shepherds had a satis they left with satisfied hearts. Um, in other words, they left with wholeness and transformation. Verse 20 says this, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And here's what's interesting. What I see here is not church speak as much as conversations around wholeness and transformation. What do I mean? Those words are so low, like they, they left glorifying and praising God. What, what, is that, what does that mean? Because those words are, uh, have just, you know, the, the, the potency of those words have lost some of their strength. What does that actually mean? It means this, that a Christian is always someone who is overcome by someone or something bigger than themselves. That's what a Christian is. And a shepherd, the shepherds didn't know everything, but they knew what the angels led them to, namely a boy. 
would somehow change their lives and the trajectory of the world. And so what did they do? They beheld the beauty of this child, this sign to them. And they weren't argued into it. They didn't behave their way into it. They were overcome by mercy, an invitation to the divine with the God who says, I love you because I love you. And they were overcome by the humility of God in a manger. And the Bible says it brought them peace, which I'm convinced all of us are looking for in the deepest places of our heart, peace which is what God promised 2000 years ago. And so I leave them seeing whole and transformed. Whole, healed up and transformed, which I think is all that all of us are looking for anyway. So my question to you before we sing, before we leave, is on your spiritual quest, have you found unexpected comfort? Have you deepened the curiosity of your faith? And you have, have you developed a satisfied heart? And if you have, well then praise God, keep looking for it in Bethlehem. And if you haven't, then I wanna put before you that the answers that you're looking for are looking right at you in that manger as well. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for this story of your grace, the promise of the gospel revealed in what so many might think is foolish and yet what you tell us is this is the power of God. And so may we be humble and hungry enough to experience your grace again and may we find it in the shepherd who has come for us Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, like we do every year uh, as we sing Silent Night, uh, we are going to light our candles. And so, Brian Siglitz, I'm going to give this to you and you can start this whole thing going. Okay, you want to start on that side too. I think there's other people to help. We're going to light these candles because in the midst of cold darkness, a light came into the world and we experience that light as we sing and as we rejoice in the Savior who has come for us. Thank you for listening to this message from Northway Church. A podcast should never replace gathering with God's people to worship Jesus. So we want to encourage you to be part of a local church family. We meet every Sunday at 9 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 4 p.m. and would love for you to join us as we encounter the truth, beauty, and goodness of Jesus.